0: All right, it is week 14 of the Bober-Hanley Pro Football Podcast. He is former NFL offensive lineman Chris Bober. I am Nick Hanley with AM590 ESPN Omaha. As we are discussing the week 14 headlines, the week 14 slates, as it would be, of course, there are always COVID concerns. I just saw just recently that the Chicago Bears have shut things down temporarily with four positives amongst the practice squad. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, the the, the Bears season's
1: six right what's that they've been shut down since about week six yeah
0: yeah when they're five and one after that it just all shut down on them october 18th is the last time they won a football game so I, i gotta real quickly mention that that epic collapse they had against the detroit lions for someone like me who is looking for change within this organization i'm not talking about a simple coaching change i'm talking about like major front office change that's good you get embarrassed in prime time television after a bye week by the Green Bay Packers and then you lose in just epic proportion to a bad Detroit Lions team too, that usually gets the wheels of change in motion, right?
1: I mean, one would hope. I, I, uh, I think that, um, that between the two Andy Reid protégés are, are not oh. looking good this year. Um, I think in Chicago's, it's one thing because uh, the general manager is going to definitely be you know, he's, he's the whole Trubisky Foles kind mm-hmm. of deal. Um, head coach may or may not survive that but he hasn't exactly built his resume there and then over in in Philadelphia um, just the whole handling of wins and not being able to get him back to play so it should be interesting to see who survives those two teams Um, but talk about survivors we got people trying to survive the playoffs trying to get into the playoffs there's a a lot of good matchups uh, coming up and, and it's interesting you think that there's seven teams but there's some teams that are on the outside looking in right now that I consider to be like, like the Baltimore Ravens are not in the playoffs right now, the Las Vegas Raiders not in the playoffs, the Patriots not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only on the AFC side, and on the NFC side, the Cardinals are out, uh, the Bears. It's funny they're the nine seed, which the Vikings. Uh, yeah. Out. Um, it, it's 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 going to come down to all this last month of football.
0: You know, and I think one of the interesting areas to watch for is, is something that we've kind of mocked the entire season is going to be who does emerge out of the NFC East. And all of a sudden we're seeing two teams in particular playing hard, playing good football. I don't know what the, the necessary staying power is going to be for either team, but I want to bring up two of them. One, you're very familiar with the New York Giants. Uh, they went in with Colt McCoy and I, I said, Hey, I, I thought that they would cover. I did. I, but I also said, I don't think they'll win. Uh, they go and they not only cover but they beat the Russell Wilson led Seattle Seahawks that was an impressive win with not even your guy I mean not even Danny Dimes so uh, the Giants are are surging and then the one team to knock off the Pittsburgh Steelers to hand them their first loss I mean who would have thunk it on another afternoon game it would be the WFT the Washington football team so Those are the two teams right now, front runners in the NFC East. It seems like they're playing the best football right now. You know, technically the Eagles are not out of it. The Cowboys are not out of it because of how bad that division is. But those are two teams that look like they're at least trending in the right direction. So I ask you this one, which team do you feel not only will win this division, but could one of these teams actually be a difficult matchup for somebody in the first round playoffs, given that they will have at least one home field game, even though you won't really have fans?
1: Well, it's very interesting that these two teams emerge um, out of 2020. This is uh, a, a definitely a crazy year. But you have to give a lot of credit to the both organizations for for bringing in new coaches that can inspire change. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron Rivera and what he's done down there. Uh, we've always known he's a good, really good coach, but to see what he's overcome with cancer this year yeah. and how he's built that culture down there. And then, of course, Joe Judge, guy who's never been a head coach before coming in. And, and a lot of people like this guy as a coach. And he's trending definitely in the right direction. Um, so for each of these teams, I think that they're exactly the same right now. Like if you put them on the field and if you, they played four games, one team would win two. The other team would win the other two. Now, the Giants have the, 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 the edge because they beat the, the football team twice this the year. The WFT, baby. WTF, WFT. But, um, <laughs> but here's the deal. I, I think the the Washington is who they are right now. Um, Alex Smith's their quarterback. They mm-hmm. don't have a dynamic playmaker, at quarterback. Although I love Alex Smith. He just is not a guy that is going to win games for you. He's going to be a guy that doesn't lose games. You know what I mean? Um, their defense is stout. Uh, yeah. Very similar to the Giants, who, who with Graham as a DC down there. He, he does an awesome job. Now, he does a great job of using his personnel to his advantage. It, it kind of reminds me of John Fox. You know, when I was in New York, John Fox, who went on to, to – to, Great success as a head coach, um, he was the best I've seen at game planning uh, internally. Right, I, we would go to practice, and I was on the scout team because I was young, and the defensive players were were constantly thinking and knowing what was going on. He and he was he moved guys around, he put them in different situations. He he knew the other team's tendencies, and and that's what they're doing. They're just taking advantage of of what the other team's giving them and taking away their best thing. So I give the edge probably to the Giants, but. Now, for the reasons I talked about, if Daniel Jones comes back, then they actually have a dynamic playmaker. Quarterback yeah. Washington doesn't. Um, you go to the playoffs, you better have a quarterback that can win the fourth quarter. And without, right now, Cole McCoy, who, again, commendable for not losing that game, he's not going to win a playoff game for you. And I don't yeah. think Alex Smith is either, honestly. Um, Daniel Jones, you you let him go in a playoff game, he might get you a win. I think that's a better bet than, than anything Washington could put on the field. But I as of right now, they're very similar. Just let's see where the quarterback situation goes.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. As long as Daniel Jones comes back, I, I would give the nod to the Giants. And, you know, let me ask you also two things about either one of those teams in the playoffs, okay? So they're going to host a game. And mm-hmm. first, let me let me ask you about Washington. The way that they're playing on offense, and you mentioned Alex Smith, kind of the the glorified game manager, but given his story, with him behind center and him, you know, completing some passes, making some plays downfield, how much of a just kind of an uplifting presence is that given what he's able to do and how that can impact this offense? Let me so that would be my first question. Then the second question for both of these teams is it an advantage or disadvantage in the playoffs for these teams to be hosting and what is going to be mainly an empty stadium, knowing that whoever comes in, whoever they play comes in, you know, you got to kind of generate that emotion. I know they're professionals. Everybody's paid to do their job, but not having the juice of the playoffs and the extra electricity in a home environment for either team, whether it's the away team or the home team, but just not having that stadium juice. Can that be an advantage for one of these two teams that let's face it, whoever they play, they're still going to be considered the lesser opponent even so, as the home team.
1: Well, yeah, there's an advantage to playing at home. Even if it's not the crowd, you get to sleep in your own bed. You get to be around your, your family and, and just be in your normal routine rather than traveling. Um, it's especially an advantage if a team has to travel from a pretty good distance to play. I remember we had to travel all the way to San Francisco to play in a playoff game, and we had to go a day early, right? Mm-hmm. Which totally screws up your rhythm, sleeping, timing, and everything. Um, but I think these teams – this year have no, there's been no real crowd advantage. It's just more about being familiar with the field conditions, yeah. the stadium, things like that. Both these teams are going to be outdoor type teams. They both run the ball. Um, I am worried that, that Washington, you know, Antonio Gibson, who they found as kind of their workhorse, all of a sudden goes down. That hurts them too. You know, they, these teams rely on, on playing small, right. Playing or playing big with their big guys, but keeping the score small. Yeah. And them not them losing gibson hurts them a lot i think and the giants have wayne Gallman come out of nowhere and alfred morris so they're, they're not stellar
0: either way but
1: mm-hmm. it is an advantage. i'd say it's an advantage to be at home
0: and for, for Washington, I mean, can, can Alex Smith kind of squeeze the juice as much as he possibly can out of this offense, just kind of given what he's gone through? I mean, he does have some skill. I mean, we, we know he's not considered an elite quarterback or even maybe in the second tier. But as far as game managers go, and then you couple that with what he's sort of persevered through, I mean, can that be a weapon for this offense?
1: You know, I think it can be a, with the right matchup. You know, if they're talking about the NFC and the wild card, if you can draw a team like Seattle, who doesn't have a great pass rush, that's a different game than, than drawn, you know, a team that can get after the passer. Yeah. You know, and that's a much different scenario to um, be able to protect your quarterback and have time. Um, so that depends on who they, who, if they were to make the playoffs, who they would draw in a matchup where the giants, I think, match up a little better for more situations. Their O lines come along pretty good. Um and if they get Daniel Jones back, he, the pass rush isn't as as a big of a factor as it is against Washington. But Alex Smith, if he gets a little time, he, he's got some some mojo, man. He, he can do some
0: things. Going back to the playoff picture right now and, and looking at the AFC, it's pretty cut and dry there. You know, you have the Chiefs as a I mean, they've already clinched a, a playoff berth, obviously, but as the divisional champs in, in the West Pittsburgh, even with the loss, still consider them to be a very. Good team and a team that could have Super Bowl contention in the future, but also the Buffalo Bills, they played well. Uh, Tennessee Titans, um, depends which one shows up. They got beat up by the Cleveland Browns, obviously. The Browns, speaking of which, a wild card team, Dolphins and Colts, all wild card teams right now. If you look at the most dangerous wild card team out of the AFC, and let's even put, just because technically they're in the hunt, the Raiders and the Ravens. Uh-huh. Which one of those teams, either the wild cards or the guys that could possibly still play their way in would scare you the most?
1: I would say the Colts right now. I think the Colts are a team that if they stay healthy. Like they got DeForest Buckner back last mm-hmm. week. is huge. Um, Phillip Rivers, he's got some, some juice left in him. Uh, they're getting healthy on the offensive side. Um, T Y Hilton's playing good. Jonathan Taylor's running good. They, they got some Naheem Himes. And that de- they're led by their defense. So in my mind, they're a dangerous team. They're they're a dangerous matchup right now, and I'm hoping um, I'm really hoping the Chiefs jump up into that one spot so they don't have to play Indianapolis, who you know they beat them last time, but they've had some battles with them and lost some games they should have yeah. won in the playoffs. So the Colts are the team that I think is, is dangerous. I mean, I think the Cleveland, Miami, Tennessee, there's ways to beat them that I think that are proven. Um, I, I, I'm not sold on them winning big games. I think the Colts with Phillip Rivers, he scares me just a little bit.
0: Yeah. NFC, same question. If we're looking at the wild card teams, the Seahawks, you mentioned the Seahawks earlier, uh, the Bucks, the Vikings. I'll throw the Cardinals in there because they're technically in the hunt. I'm not going to worry about the Bears, Niners or Washington. Uh, well, Washington, we can because they could still win the division. But uh, the, the other teams that are below 500 that are not going to win the division. I'm not going to count them in. So amongst that group, basically seattle tampa bay minnesota uh if washington wins the division in arizona who would who would worry you the most out of that group
1: i'd say tampa bay just just for the amount of talent they have and the fact that they have tom brady right there's a guy who uh, has shown even within the recent two three years ago that he can come back down 28 to three in a super bowl and he's got some talent there they just haven't been able to put it together Thus far. And if you put him in a playoff game in a one game scenario, it's going to be hard to bet against Tom Brady, honestly, even if he's not on the better team. So the, yeah. the Tom Brady getting in the playoffs is, is something I don't think anyone wants to see. I think it's going to happen, but um, he is going to be a tough out because he does not lose very often in the playoffs.
0: Uh, looking at our, our weekend bets, I, I not only did I flourish, but my side bet with you where I mm-hmm. said Josh Allen will have – he will account for three well, touchdowns. Well, you said four, he had four. touchdowns. And did I, think, I say four? Well, he had four. So I couldn't remember if I said three or four. Well, he had four anyway. So either well, way, I win.
1: We don't want to trip over the past too much. Um, but I will say that's a that was a, a, an interesting game how that came out because um, that game, so many people are on San Francisco. Everything lined up for San Francisco – to make that much more of a game than they did, the, the X factor in that game was Josh Allen, right? And we hadn't seen that kind of Josh Allen since early in the season. I think a late season bye, um they got healthy, but after watching the early game with Alex Smith and Roethlisberger, kind of just like, eh, you know, they're, they're not either with great arm strength. Josh Allen when he came out and threw the ball, you're like holy cow, and someday someone's going to figure out how to keep that guy in the pocket and not let him scramble right. Because he made some amazing throws. He was the difference in that game. That game went back and forth um, early on. And then all of a sudden they get two goal line stops each Buffalo gets the ball back and they throw an interception, which he turned into points. That gives them a two touchdown lead. Then after that, it was very even. It was an even game except for that turtle, honestly. Um, And Josh Allen, obviously. So let's see what they can do against, Good opponents, right? They, let's see what they can do to finish out this year. Playing, starting to get hot at the very right point. So that was a great pick for you. My, my other pick came through for me, which was awesome. I, I'm trying to go back and look at what I did. I picked up on um, Cleveland. Another really good game. And exactly what we thought would happen would happen. No pass. Oh, and
0: and that's, that final score, Bober, made it, made it look closer than it was. Right. Cleveland just stomped Tennessee. They, and they just they did. did.
1: And, and they did it. By being unpredictable and passing on yeah. first down, they ran heavy and they they passed out of it, which is exactly what Tennessee should have done. But they're very predictable. Um, Keen Henry can only beat you very slowly. Where Cleveland got a huge lead, Baker was clean, and Tennessee mm-hmm. cannot rush the passer. So that they they knew that. They Stefanski, I, I I'm putting him down as rookie coach of the year, whatever you want to say. He's done a marvelous job out there maximizing what they got yeah i think they have some tough games coming up and they may not be a super bowl contender but they're put together really well that was that was a fun game to watch i was so glad to see it and then of course green bay beat up on you know your guys um and the giants i, I love to come back and win that thing um so I, you know you were 2-0 oh, i was 1-1 one one in our best bets um I, it's funny because the other best bet i thought about looking at was the chargers because because no one predicted for them to Oh. To get beat up that bad by, by the Patriots. Um, but Be- once again, it was a coaching mismatch. Belichick who is great at the details, great at
0: special teams, just yeah. And the, the, the defense spoilers? special teams are unbelievable.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I gotta say, we're seeing Belichick play in a year when he doesn't have Tom Brady. And I think he's doing such a great job with what he has out there.
0: They're you technically I mean? in, I mean, they're in the hunt still, I don't think they make it. I think they dug themselves too big of a hole early on. But if that team were to make the playoffs, I have no problem saying this, Chris. I think that's the best coaching job we've seen from Bill Belichick ever,
1: ever. Yeah. yeah. You look at the, the undefeated teams and the Super Bowls, but these just of shows you how valuable he is. Yeah. Um, it'd be scary to think that if he gets some just a few more players, the kind of team he can if he can just get a quarterback. You know, right. Cam Newton was. I think a wrong experiment. He's on the wrong side of, of age for him, but um, yeah, he, they're, they're doing good. So we did, we did okay last week. Um, this, this, this NFL starting to shape up. it. it there's some big games coming up that are going to make and break hearts
0: this week. So, and going back to that Packers Eagles game, and I was texting you cause I said, well, the Eagles are doing their very, or the Packers doing their very best to let the Eagles get a backdoor cover and it didn't happen. But yeah. what did come out of that game? is a pretty big headline this week too and that is Jalen Hurts will be the starter for the Eagles we know how much money is on the books for the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz I don't know if they're saying this because they know they have so much money invested into Carson Wentz or if this is what they really feel but it almost sounds like well they're doing this to give Carson Wentz a little bit of a break we're going to put him on the sideline you know just give him kind of a mental rest from everything and see if maybe he can reset it. The question I have for you is let's say Jalen hurts comes out this week and plays. Well, we saw him do a pretty nice job there towards the end of that green Bay game. I mean, does Carson Wentz ever get his job back? And then what do the Eagles do in the off season? Because I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but if they decided to cut Carson Wentz, it's almost like 48, $49 million of dead money. So that cannot be an option. And I don't know, what team in the NFL, even the most quarterback desperate teams like my Chicago Bears, would be willing to take on that contract, given the fact that Carson Wentz looks like a shell of himself right now? And I don't know if anybody feels confident uh, with the amount of money that they'd have to take on that would want to make some type of uh, a trade proposal or, or get in, in bed with the Eagles on this one. Yeah,
1: I, I think that given the, the facts of the situation, I think it's actually closer to like $60 million. It's It's huge. Yeah because they'd have to accelerate some bonuses um, if they cut him next year. Carson Wentz will be with the Eagles next year. I can guarantee that. He now, has to be, right? I think what you got to see is you're looking at a major investment in a player like that, and that's more valuable than anyone else in that organization, mm-hmm. including the coach, including the GM. So if I were to say, I believe they pulled Carson out just to stop the train wreck. Like, yeah. get, just put him on the shelf. Say, well, we're going we're gonna to build your backup. Okay. And they have to next year bring in a coach, whether it's a head coach or coordinator, that can develop him back to the player he was. You look at what Frank Wright did with him. Yeah. You need a guy like that. I mean, honestly, like go find a Frank Wright cloning. Hey, Matt Nagy might be available. He might be, but the (laughs) deal is, he's they have more invested in him than anyone else. So he's staying there. The coach might not be there, the GM might not be there. But the coaches, I mean, um, Carson Wentz is going to be there just because there's no way. Can you imagine a $60 million cap hit? Not to mention all no. the graphics they gave up.
0: Well, especially but this was, year, given the pandemic and the, the financial challenges the organization going to have. There, there's yeah. no way you could justify doing that.
1: You're going to have, I think they're just going to try to put them on there so it doesn't get worse. Like, let's not yeah. beat them up anymore. Um, let him just ride this out and come back next year stronger than ever. And it may or may not be with, with the coach, but they need to, They need to find a way, go back and just study what he did under Frank Reich and say, who can we put put around him to make him at that level again? There's just no way. I mean, they'd be better just shutting down the team for a year.
0: If you take that,
1: it's going to be half their salary cap.
0: It's crazy. It's interesting. I kind of mocked it, but I do not – just as of today, and depending on what happens the rest of the season, I do feel confident that the Chicago Bears – will fire Ryan Pace. And I think Matt Nagy will be a casualty of that as well, because I think the new GM is going to want to be able to have his own guy in there. I would say this about Matt Nagy as a head coach. And I will say not all of it's his fault because he did not draft Mitchell Trubisky. He inherited him, but he also was part of the give me Nick Foles uh, and the money that it's going to cost to get him as opposed to $1 million for Jameis Winston or $1 million for Cam Newton. Uh, That did not work out. So that's on Nagy as well but there still is, I think within the coaching circles, a lot of respect for Matt Nagy as a coordinator. And if Doug Peterson keeps his job and Matt Nagy is unemployed, I wouldn't be shocked. In fact, I'd almost say Matt Nagy should be on your short list of guys to come in and maybe remedy that situation with Carson Wentz.
1: Totally agree. I I think that would be a great fit. Put those two together. That would be very close to, or similar to having Frank Reich out there. So um I still like Carson Wentz. I just think, like, I think I saw Dan Orlovsky say they've broken him. I don't know what. I, they, they, I don't know either. They have, they've screwed up his wiring somewhere. Just mm-hmm. take, take a break and reset. I think is yeah. probably what you're going to see happen.
0: All right. Week 14 gets underway tonight. And speaking of those Patriots too, this is a great matchup with the Rams. Now I, I like the Rams and I like the number in this one at yeah. four and a half. And that's what I just recently saw. I, I'm trying not to, gush over what the Patriots did, because as you know, someone who's played in the league, when you have that type of performance, special teams and defense, yeah, there's skill there. And this is the Belichick identity, but to have all of those breaks go your way in that game and be able to win the way that they did, that's not something you could expect every week. The Rams, though, they uh, you know, they, they need to kind of stay on top of this right now. This is going to be a good challenge because I love these types of matchups, the chess matchup between an offensive-minded guy like Sean McVay and Bill Belichick. It's that that Super Bowl rematch from a couple of years, too. And obviously, the, the Rams and McVay are, are going to be fired up for this one, but I also think Bill Belichick, you know, look, no one's really given them still much of a shot. I just get the feeling this is where Bill Belichick does some of his best work. My only problem is I don't know – if the Patriots offense is a very good matchup for this Rams defense.
1: I agree. I mean, Cam Newton is, is just a, another running back back there. I think last week he didn't even have a hundred yards passing and yeah. then a huge win, that huge win against the chargers, that, but they didn't even pass the ball. He just doesn't have it anymore. Right. And either they're not using him, which I, I really highly doubt that they haven't figured that out, or he just doesn't have it. Um, I would expect, I mean, the, the over under on this is 44. It may not get to 30. I mean, Belichick will do anything to, I mean, he might start taking a knee in the second quarter. I, I don't know. They're, he's going to pull something out of there trying to beat LA, the LA Rams, but the LA Rams need, need to show that they can start making a push towards the playoffs. They've had some great games. Then they have a let letoff. Um, I, four and a half is a good number. It was five and a half, even an hour ago when I was looking at this. So I think there's value in four and a half for the, for the Rams. Um, but it's so hard to, I mean, I, how many times are we going to learn not to bet against Belichick? I just, I don't know no. where his weak spots are. And I don't know if he has one here. Um, I do know that new England is staying out there right there. So they're going to play in the same stadium two, two weeks in a row. Right. And they talked about in the broadcast last week, how Belichick went through and he checked the sun angles and all these things. So they're, they're, they're out there 10 days now yeah. and they're going to, they're, they're focused on football. And in that situation, Belichick shines. It's almost like a super bowl, right? Yep. He gets his best games at when he gets his guys to focus. So,
0: I'm not touching this
1: one. I think the Rams
0: are good at four and a half,
1: but I wouldn't bet it. I might bet the under more than anything. If if I'm going on anything, under.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. And I just think the one area that I, I feel like the Rams prevail is that matchup of the Patriots offense versus the Rams defense. But if the Patriots, again, defensively, can sort of discombobulate Jared Goff and that offense, create a couple of turnovers. Basically, they want to muddy this thing up as best they can. If they can do that, then I mean, look out. This could be a really fun finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sunday games are noon games, and maybe not the matchup as much. We'll, we'll touch on it here in a moment. But two organizations that I think are probably right now, unfortunately for those fan bases, me being one of those fans of one of those organizations, are probably in the blow up mode. Cowboys taking on the Bengals. Uh, Bears take it on the Texans. The Bears will get another reminder of who they passed up on in the 2017 draft. Deshaun Watson now uh, they got to deal with Patrick Mahomes a year ago. So uh, I I look at both of the Cowboys and the Bears. Uh, Both of these teams could win their games. Dallas is a three and a half point favorite. Houston is a slight favorite against Chicago. Both the Cowboys and the Bears could win those games. But does it really matter? And if you're looking at Jerry Jones and the decisions that he has to make, in the off season. Do they want to blow this thing up? The offensive line is shot. It's not what it was uh, years ago. They're going to have to pay Dak Prescott. They might franchise tag him again, but I just don't see the Cowboys trying to stay the course. And if they do, I think this is going to be the same issue that they're having right now. And in the same thing for the Chicago bears, if they do nothing, then you're going to be looking at a similar situation where you're going into December and playing football that is not going to be relevant to the postseason picture. So as I look at those two games, I think of just two teams that are, are ready to get the season over with and start to make some very difficult decisions.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Dallas, Cincinnati, Um, I would love Cincinnati here if I knew that Brandon Allen was going to play, honestly, uh, not Finley. Holy cow. That guy's all over the place. But Allen went out last week with, I think, a chest injury. So yeah. not sure if he comes back. Dallas, I mean, the bread rifle, he, he hasn't played very bad, honestly. But their run defense—they give up like 300 yards. Oh, their defense is awful. And, and Baltimore does that to a lot of people. And plus, Dallas is coming off a short week, right? I would jump on Cincinnati if if Allen was playing, but. I, I don't know if they can take advantage of the, the bad run defense because they don't they can't run the ball either.
0: Is Dalton uh, going to be fired up though? It's his old his old team here. I mean, is that going to be the extra motivation? Don't, I don't know right if to play
1: into it or not. I don't know if it's going to help them or hurt them. It's yeah. just I, I don't know. Um, now I would I really wish Houston was playing somewhere a little bit nicer because I like Houston a lot in this game. Um, the, the X factor in this game is the weather. They're going to yeah. Chicago. It's. I mean, I don't think you're getting bad weather, but you're going to get cold weather, and that that doesn't translate well for a dome team. Um, Deshaun Watson. Last time they went up to Cleveland, you know, they only put 30, up some,
0: thirty-five and partly sunny. That's what I just saw.
1: Which is is chilly, man. It's gonna get. Yeah. It's gonna get. You know, Deshaun Watson. Last time he went to Cleveland in weather, only scored seven points. So if it wasn't for the weather part here, I would jump all over Houston because I think that they could definitely definitely beat Chicago, and they're the better team. They should beat them, but the weather might keep Chicago around just a little bit.
0: Yeah, the, um, the Bears' defense, by the way, has been horrendous the last two weeks. I mean, even let Matthew Stafford throw for over 400 yards and then what Green Bay did to him a week ago uh, prior they, to that. They, I mean, it, it, that's the that's been the one thing that the Bears have been able to lean on, and all of a sudden that the last couple of weeks it, is completely absent. So, I mean, this, who knows?
1: They've carried him too long. I mean, they, yeah. so at some point, you can't do everything for a team And they just appeared to a team that's kind of mailed it in now. They're just – I don't think you're going to get the number one ultimate effort. It's just so hard. There's a difference between playing for something and playing for nothing. All
0: right, so the big one, the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Dolphins, good defense of team. The Chiefs can score anytime against anybody. Uh, The Chiefs are a full touchdown favorite. Um, But – We talk about this a lot. You bring this up a lot, too. The travel, even though you're a little bit more centrally located in Kansas City as opposed to going from, say, L.A. to Miami, the travel all the way out there to Miami, the humidity and everything that kind of comes with uh, that type of home field advantage for the Dolphins. How do you see this one playing out?
1: Um, It's hard to tell, honestly. I I think seven's a big number, and Miami does so many things. Uh, Brian Flores and those guys, they've had a good – They've done a great job of winning at the little things, right? Defense, special teams, things like that. Um, so that could keep this game close. I mean, I don't think the Chiefs are in danger, really, of not being able to pull it out if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see if the Chiefs finally take a step forward and beat a team that they're way better than in, in with the points spread that they should. Right. To, to see them play four quarters, to see them be versatile on offense, not just dump it off to Kelsey on third down when they need it, to see them take some shots and hit them, to see them run the ball when when they can. Um, it's, it's a big I wouldn't bet this game. I might bet the under if anything, but I, I, I just don't know. I'd love to see the Chiefs take a step forward and beat them yeah. by seven or more because that's how they should beat them but to start like fine tuning their themselves towards the playoffs is where they need to go. If this is another close game where they have to come back, I think they're treading water. I think they need to start going forward.
0: Uh, Cardinals giants, uh, another opportunity for the giants to, well, first of all, they technically do lead the, the, the NFC. So obviously trying to stay on top of that division, but also again, if if, I think if we're going to continue to kind of see this team, you know, making some waves as they get closer to the postseason and if they do qualify the postseason that they can actually handle a team in that first round. I think this is a great opportunity. Cardinals in there at six and six. They're desperate. So, you know, you're going to get a tremendous effort out of this, uh, this talented Cardinals team, young team, a talented team. Uh, right now, Arizona is a slight favorite. I've seen by as much as two or one and a half points in this one. Ah, uh, this is another game that I, I just—I don't think I'd feel confident confident in touching because I don't know exactly where Arizona is, and I do like the way the Giants are playing, but I also understand that the Giants are not a perfect team either.
1: Yeah, especially if the Giants are going to roll out Colt McCoy, I would right. stay away from that because you just don't know what he has left in the tank. I mean, he won his first game since 2014 last week, mm-hmm. so I don't think I'd put a lot of of confidence in him. I'd love to see the defense win a close game here. There, I, I, my big thing in watching this is to see what Kyler Murray is going to do. He's only rushed the ball like five times in the last couple of games, yeah. you know, which is weird because I think he has a shoulder injury. So they're, 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 they're not functional without him being just dynamic, and he hasn't done that in a while. So this, this could be a really good game. Maybe the Giants pull this out um arizona is just this team that you need kyler murray just to, to kind of spark them to get going if, without it they're they're very average uh,
0: another so you mentioned you kind of want to see the chiefs get going mm-hmm. this next game i want to see and you mentioned the team wild card wise that could be a big time threat in the postseason and i would agree in the tampa bay buccaneers this is a game against the vikings that i really want to see the buccaneers play the way that they should now what their defense will be going up against with Dalvin Cook is going to be a significant task, but I think their defense has the parts to be able to slow that down and to put pressure on Kirk Cousins and win that battle. My question is, the offense against is still an extremely depleted Minnesota Viking defense, especially in the secondary, with all the weapons, Chris, I don't think there's any excuse for the, the Buccaneers to stumble in this game. And if we are to take them serious, I think that's the offensive, the Tampa Bay offensive matchup against a depleted yet well-coached Mike Zimmer defense for for Minnesota. you got to see Tampa Bay take huge strides here, right?
1: This is a great spot and a great matchup for Tampa, in my opinion. They're coming off a of bye number one, which, you know, guys that are my age, like Tom Brady, definitely appreciate. They've had two good – Two close losses. They've lost by three points to the Chargers. I mean, the Rams and the Chiefs at home recently. So they're back home. They've been home for a while. Um, Minnesota's their last three games they've won have been against kind of inferior opponents. Yeah. And Tampa Bay actually can stop the run. You saw what they did to the Chiefs and what they did to the Rams. They have to be, they had to beat them throwing the ball. So they're, they're tough up front, right? They, they're not great on the back end if you have a dynamic pass pass game, but, the Vikings don't, not, not without running the ball. So I right. think I think it's just a really good matchup for Tampa Um at six and a half. I mean, they're, it's worth kind of taking a flyer on I, Tampa. I mean, I, I, I think agree. they win by that or more. Um, I think they're totally in a different class than Minnesota, and this is a, the 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 line here is going to be very differentiated between yeah. the playoff team and a non-playoff team. I think that's what happens. I just don't see Minnesota hanging in this game.
0: Uh, Two teams that are not in the playoff picture, the Carolina Panthers and the Broncos. Uh, Panthers hosting the Broncos. Carolina is actually a slight favorite in this one by three points. Uh, This is one that, I mean, unless you have an inside line on either one of these teams, I I would say this is an absolute toss-up of a game. We've seen both teams on certain weekends, sort of exceed expectations but then we've also seen them kind of come back down to form of what we thought that they were these are not good football teams either one of them we know what they're all trying to do for the future so that's not to say that they're you know horrible organizations i just don't i don't look at either one of these teams and say man they are playing great football right now so uh broncos panthers with the panthers at last check a three to two and a half point favorite uh flip of the coin on this one for me
1: so I'm going to actually go with – oh, God, I was going to do this here. I like uh, Jeff in this spot. I like okay. in this spot. Um, here's the deal. This all depends on is Christian McCaffrey coming back. Is, is it is going right. to come back this week? I don't think he is, is he?
0: I don't know. I, it's, it's Entry. still not, it's not been completely ruled out as far as I know as of today, but I also don't know if it seems like he's trending for a return, which it, I'm with you that that could be a huge factor in, on how you want to lean towards this game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to do a little bit here. Um, Cause I know that D- DJ Moore is out, right. Yes. I mean, he tested positive. He's not going to be able to play. Carolina has, several other players who test who, who are at least close contacts so they're in that kind of mode of not having guys there I think that hurts them I think Denver I got three and a half and I, I like Denver three and a half I do I think they might lose by three but I like the number three and a half I like the underdog in this side so I'm going to pick Denver as my my underdog this week okay um, oh god I'm just i I'm just got to hope, <laughs> hope you're good I, you I okay like I, I like I like it here I think that I honestly, I think the under is worth looking at too, but Carolina just, I mean, if they, especially if those, those guys out um, DJ Moore's out, I know I I like Denver. Denver's playing tough. They're playing for something now. I think that they're, they're, they're playing better football. Vic Fangio's had that has them going good. So I'm taking at three and a half. I'm taking them and I'm just praying that McCaffrey doesn't come back. Uh,
0: The next one. And this is going to be the team that I am taking, uh, laying the points is going to be Tennessee against the Jaguars. Look, I like the way Jacksonville has been playing. They are, they're fighting hard, but I think they also know that they can't really get into a position where they want too much success right now because they're in a dead heat right now with the New York Jets. So we, we saw how the Jets handled the the late game strategy of, uh, you know, oh, hail Mary, let's put everybody back. No, heck no. We're going <laughs> to Craig Williams loses his job because he decides to go a domino blitz and it, uh, it ends up, backfire in his Vegas wins that game so I think there are teams that understand that they're gonna they're gonna do some stuff that probably go against conventional wisdom just for the hell of it because at the end of the day if they lose that's probably gonna benefit their organization more so than a win the Jaguars obviously in that position Tennessee after just getting humiliated by the Cleveland Browns last week again they need to show something they need to put themselves squarely into that playoff picture and this is a matchup they should, they should be able to do that against. Now, I'm seeing them at seven and a half. I think this is a, a, a game that they should win by at least 10. And if they don't, then you know what, Tennessee, I, I've got nothing for you. So I'm going to just basically say I think Tennessee is a much better team given where we are in the season. I don't think Jacksonville is, I don't want to say, I hate saying they're not going to put forth the effort because they will. But as far as their overall strategy and the things that they would do that could keep them in a game or close, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be applied here. So yeah, I'm going to take Derrick Henry, a heavy dose of Derrick Henry against Jacksonville lay in the seven and a half.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good bet. I think Tennessee has a huge bounce back this week. Um, they need to, they've shown that they will beat up on the weaker teams. So mm-hmm. it would not be surprising if they come out and do this. I think they've already, you know, actually, at the end of the beginning of this year, Jacksonville gave them a pretty good game, but that was yeah. a different Jacksonville team than what we're seeing now. Right? I do think Tennessee rolls in this one. Um, probably won't even be a good game to watch because it'll just come out and run right down their throats. And if t- here's what you want to watch for in my mind to see if Tennessee is going to ascend to like a playoff team that can win some playoff games, look and see if they start throwing the ball on first down. Right? They are so predictable, and and I love Arthur Smith and what he his core concepts but you got to change it up teams are knowing what you're doing and they got some weapons man they got some weapons just let them lose do what cleveland did to you last week and put heavy in there and hit aj brown hit Corey davis um they if they do that then they start being a team worth noticing if they just run the ball with with henry and just you know they score four touchdowns running the ball then who cares that they've always shown they can do that let's see if they can go and be versatile and be a playoff caliber offense Oh, by the way, they can't rush the passer either, which really yeah. yeah, it's some pressure. They pressured Baker Mayfield one time in the first half last week. That's it. You can't get there with four, bring some pressure because Mayfield can't handle pressure and they let him, they let him sit
0: back there with nothing. Their, their third down defense Tennessee's is bad. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. It's been bad all year. It, it hasn't improved. That's something that I think is going to hurt them in the postseason. season. So um,
1: I want to go back to that, that, that game um, last week where, where you picked up on the four touchdowns with Buffalo. He throws four touchdowns. Why couldn't he throw one or two of them to Stephon Diggs, who's on my fantasy <laughs> team? You know, he had zero touchdowns, and he caught some balls, just no touchdowns. It's like, come on, your yeah. best guy's out there. Hit him for touchdowns. I'm sorry. I end up winning. I got the number one seed in my in my playoffs. Oh, well,
0: then then what are you complaining about? Well, I mean, you, he's trying to get style points. and you guys have, like, a playoff committee that, you know, seeds according on style points? It's kind of like the, the college football. Yeah. You have a committee you all sit in there and put seeds Jeez. in Get, get your number one seat and shut up. Okay. Come on.
1: I'm limping into it though. So who knows how long that lasts? Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of limping in, there was a time that I, I did feel the Las Vegas Raiders were a legitimate AFC playoff team. And now they're the outside looking in, Let, let's not sit there and celebrate their victory over the jets. Okay. This team, honestly, if the jets were in a different spot, this should be a six and six football team. They get that win. Greg Williams makes just a a, a completely stupid decision. Hey, oh, we're going to blitz everybody. Yeah, that's not no smart. And, and it, it blew up. Right, so. Yeah, right. So they win that game. They're seven and five. So the record looks okay. The Colts are eight and four. Colts are a slight favorite of uh, field goal or just slightly more. Three to three and a half is what I'm seeing. I, I just I I can't trust the Raiders anymore. Now, is there skill with this team? Absolutely. And I just think that when you look at this team, that's two games above 500. I think it's kind of fraudulent. I just I I have not been happy with the Raiders in their attempt to sustain success throughout this season, where I do think there is obviously some great football within this team. I still think they're one of the most physical teams up front. They've got a great running back in Brandon Jacobs. I think Carr is more than capable quarterback defensively they should be playing better but this is the most in i think this is one of the most inconsistent teams i've seen in the entire league all throughout the season and i don't know if that's a reflection on john gruden or what but I, there's no way i could roll with the raiders on this one yet i can't bet against them because i have no idea if this is a week that they show up and they play great football because they have that in them as well well i'm gonna bet
1: against the raiders i i have i have indy indy at minus two and a half when i pulled that this morning okay. so if they're giving me two enough points i'll take indianapolis i think they're dangerous i think they finally got their guys back on defense which is going to be a problem the the raiders don't have josh jacobs that hurts them right it hurts me too because he's on my fantasy team so he can be out this week just have him come back next week and i have to play someone um india's in a good spot i think i think vegas is just they're just kind of lost for an identity right and and gruden's got to get that figured out but without josh jacobs i think they become one-dimensional and that is a bad place to be against this Colts defense who in a dome on turf is very fast. They're very physical. Um, the other thing that comes up is the Raiders cannot rush the football either. I mean, excuse me, rush the passer. Yeah. Right? They, they, they're just not a team that's going to get sacks. They got to bring pressure. And I think Phillip rivers is, is very salty, right? He's playing some good football. The Colts have, you know, Taylor, I think Jonathan Taylor's playing well. They got that kid from USC Pittman. Um, T. Y. Hilton showing up, Naheem Himes. I, I like Indy this game, two and a half points. I'll I'll take them as my best bet this week to um to beat beat the Raiders by by two and a half or more.
0: I was so tempted to uh, go with this next game as my uh, my underdog, but I'm not going to do it. Jets Seahawks. Uh, it's Ooh. a big number. It's the only reason I say I, the, the Jets are. You know, they're they're just they're playing out the season. It's what sure. they're doing. The Seahawks, they have to win this game. But the number I'm seeing, I don't know what you're seeing right now. I got 13 and a half. Yeah. Um is what Seattle would be laying in this one. I, I mean Seattle should be a team that can cover that, but I don't I I, I think Seattle wins. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I the, the Jets are not gonna allow themselves to win a football game, but Seattle, I'm just, I was so high on in the first half. And right now I just have more questions than answers that loss that they had to the giants. I mean, good for the giants are playing better football, but Hey, if you're to be taken serious as a legit playoff team that could make a run at the saints or anybody else in the NFC, you've got to win that football game. So, I mean, I think the Seahawks win, but I'm not going to say there's really any style points here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that I would lean towards the jets. I wouldn't bet them
0: because that number I lean towards them covering the spread. That's kind of where I was, but I, I, fi- I figured, no, it's still the Jets. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it is still the Jets. And, and Seattle, just you just don't know. I mean, how, where did Russell Wilson go, right? And DK yeah. Metcalf, um, who the, the guy I was playing against last week, had both those guys on his fantasy team, and they just didn't do anything. Uh, so thank you uh, giants, but yeah, I, this is a, a pot. There's a lot of big numbers this week. So I, I think what I'm seeing a lot of pro betters doing is teasing legs down. So what you can do is you can take two teams and tease them, you know, plus or minus six. And if you bet them together, you're going to pay 110 115 for that bet. But, um, it's, there's a lot of good teasers legs this week, right? If you take Seattle down to a certain point and then, and then do that, or you can take the Detroit uh, or green Bay down, you can take a lot of big numbers down and, and, th- teams that easily cover those so it's hard to bet big numbers but maybe some teaser legs are what people want to do out there
0: uh packers lions uh the lions had that that great come from behind victory over the chicago bears daryl bevel now the coach uh, after matt patricia and their general manager were fired you could tell that the lions were a lot more energized i was reading a, an article uh, and had michael rothstein actually on my show earlier this week talked about how just everything is a little bit more Laid back and fun right now, uh, compared to when you know Patricia was there trying to implement that whole Patriot way thing into the Lions locker room. So that's great. This is a team that probably feels somewhat liberated. The bounce back but it's, yeah, every time I know exactly, but it is still the Detroit Lions. There, there's still so many flaws. I, I don't know if we're going to see Galladay again. Uh, Swift is probably out again too, uh, which makes him even more impressive what the Lions were able to pull off last week. Against the Packers, It's one thing to do that against the Bears, but you're you're playing the Packers, you're playing the best team in the NFC North. one of the best teams in the NFC. Packers are a touchdown, touchdown and a half favorite. Um, I already gave my favorite of the week, but this would be right up there too if I were to have to take a second one that Green Bay covers this number against the Lions.
1: Yeah, not worth going into too much on this, but I will say they're going to Detroit, uh, which is a little bit different than playing up in Green Bay. So I'm staying away from this big number.
0: Saints Eagles with the uh, Saints as a touchdown favorite against the Eagles and the debut of Jalen Hurts. So get this, you're going to have Jalen Hurts versus Taysom Hill. How about that?
1: You're seeing a lot of backups playing in later in oh. this year. Um, you know, I, I think that New Orleans will probably not play Breeze this week. I think that's what they've said uh, just because it's the Eagles. So, um, and I know Hurts is, is, is got some, he's, he's played better, but let's be honest with you. No, nothing's going great with the Eagles these days. The only thing that gets me is, is six and a half is a number that, you know, I just, at what point does do people figure out Taysom Hill, right? Yeah. He looked better as a passer last week, but he's got some flaws too. He's just, it's just not something he does naturally. So let's see if they can do that. Philly actually does decent, especially early in games against the run. So if they can bottle him up, um, what really gets me, especially because he's on my fantasy team is how little they're using Alvin Kamara yeah with Taysom Hill right he's, I feel like that's a weapon that they're just kind of wasting um, Drew Brees knew how to get him the ball on checkdowns on screens you know, he's not a, he's not a inside runner per se but I think that with Taysom Hill it takes away from this really dynamic back and i kind of in limbo last few weeks with Taysom Hill in there so let's Again, I, I don't know about this game. I wouldn't bet it because I don't know when people are going to figure him out. And he has he – yes, has, he's got to have a bad game. He's right on the edge yeah. of, of making some interceptions, some turnovers. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I won't bet Philly, but I, I don't have – I have a hard time betting New Orleans still.
0: Uh, Falcons-Chargers – Atlanta slight favorite in this one too, two and a half, two points, uh, depending on which book you're looking at right now. But um, I like the way Atlanta's playing right now. I think their defense is much improved than they were in the first half of the season. Uh, the Chargers, I, I know we continue to say, man, they've they're so close this week and that week, and boy, they just uh, they just can't get over the hump. Now I think you've seen. The results that have not gone their way start to kind of weigh down on them a little bit. You know, yesterday was a complete disaster from everything that they tried to execute. And maybe a lot of that had to do with Bill Belichick and the the Patriots uh, special teams of defense. But I'm I'm kind of off that whole Chargers. Hey, the Chargers are going to keep this thing close. But it's still the Falcons. That's not a great team. They're still a team with flaws. I just I mean, this game really does nothing for me. I think the Falcons win this one. But I, I mean, I'm not willing to put money on it.
1: Me neither. Interestingly, though, this line has moved three and a half points, mostly because of how the Chargers got blown out last week. So mm-hmm. you either believe that the Chargers won't get blown out again, or you believe that they're just kind of calling it in for the year yeah. and wait for Anthony Lynn to get um, and get fired. Um, the wild card here is Justin Herbert, right? He, he does he can do some things. So let's yep. see how. I think it's more indicative on how he responds than necessarily how the whole team responds. Yeah. Um, as to what's coming up next for them
0: the WFT taking on the San Francisco 49ers the course the game will be in Arizona even though it's a home game for the uh, the Niners uh Washington I'm sorry uh, San Francisco is a 3 point favorite um, in what I'm looking at right now this one is tempting I think for a lot of people because of what Washington just did against Pittsburgh but this is that classic, in my opinion, and I might be totally wrong, that classic knee-jerk reaction of, well, if they can beat the Steelers, they can definitely beat the 49ers, right? Mm, I'm not going to go that far. In fact, I actually think the Niners win this game.
1: I, I do, too. I think three is a good number for them. Um, I, I, I'm a little stung because they beat they, – let me down last week but san francisco you know they are technically on the road but they're still down there they didn't leave Mm -hmm. they're staying there they're familiar with what they're doing right now and i think washington does have a letdown um i think they beat the steelers because the steelers are not in a good place right now and they're they're not they think they're at that level they're not i think the Niners handle them pretty good here um a good a good bounce back for them for the niners To, to build off of. I, I, am not going to say it's my best bet, but I, I like the same nine and three. I think that's a good number.
0: Uh, Sunday night game. Now I, I'm curious, what are you seeing this line at the bills and the Steelers? I, I'm seeing it at the bills lane two and a half, mm-hmm. but yeah. I know that that one is moved by a point here and there. Well, that was still- kind of funny. That's
1: moved five points. Think about this. It was opened up at, at Buffalo plus two and a half. Now it's a Buffalo minus two and a half. Okay. And they beat both these teams. Obviously, Buffalo went out there and had a great game on the West Coast, and Pittsburgh laid an egg. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have Buffalo favored two and a half. It's this is, uh, you know, you think of a team that was underfeed last week, all of a sudden they're an underdog. Yeah. Next week. Um, Wow. And 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 I I ask
0: you what you're seeing because I've seen two and a half as well, because this is my underdog. I think the Steelers bounce back. I think. I hate saying that, oh, a team needs to lose in order for them to refocus, because I still think you could play crappy football, somehow win a game and learn just as much. But if you're under that belief that, hey, a team needs to lose to sort of, you know, reset everything and refocus. okay, here you go. They lost to a bad uh, Washington football team, a team that's playing hard, but they still lost to a team that is beneath them. If that doesn't rattle some cages there. And I think Buffalo, you know me, I've taken Buffalo a lot this year. I love Buffalo. I think it's a great team, but I also think Pittsburgh has shown a lot. I'm going to take Pittsburgh um, as an underdog in this one.
1: Well, I mean, my initial thoughts would would be if I were to, if I were to try to go, I would, I would like Buffalo in this spot. Um, the thing that gets me is is I want to see whether or not Pittsburgh does bounce back, right? I think they're going to get Connor back this week, which which mm-hmm. will be huge, right? Roethlisberger is just not in the place where you can throw a game every game at him and make him win the game. Yeah. If they have a pass, uh, excuse me, a rush game, they're a very tough offense, esp- tough team all around. But if they don't run the ball and become one dimensional, right, that's harder. I, you know, looking at at Pittsburgh. You know, they got Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Cleveland coming up. So they got some tough games. I mean, not Cincinnati, but um, – and then Buffalo's got Denver, you know, they got Miami, and they got the Patriots. So um, I, I think that that Pittsburgh is in a position where if they want to keep that number one seed and get a bye week, which they do yep. not have one this year, mm-hmm. um, they need to win the, – they need to win this game. They absolutely yep. need to. So I think it's going to – this is a pivotal game for me for Pittsburgh. I think if they win this game, Cincinnati's an easier one, and they can know that they can probably get that by. But if they lose this game, they're in bad shape. I think. I think that that all this momentum they build up kind of goes backwards if they lose this game. So they have. Yeah, to- that,
0: I mean, this is this is a, a playoff type game. I mean, this is going to test their playoff medal uh, for the Steelers. We know they're a playoff team, but are we are we to? I, I think the conversation we have about the Steelers right now, and maybe to some degree about the Bills are they good enough to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs if those paths cross? And this is an opportunity for both of those teams, but I think especially the Steelers now coming off of their first loss to sort of uh, get that narrative back about this team being a legitimate Super Bowl contending team. They win this game. I think they're right back there. But if they lose to a good Bills team, mind you, I'm with you. I think people start to kind of wonder, all right, is this a team that it's kind of finally getting – uh, you know, things are kind of catching up to them now, so I think it's a great opportunity though for the Steelers. So that's why I'm going to take him in this one as my best bet as an underdog.
1: Yeah, and I think I think um, Steelers might coax um, your boy Josh Allen in a couple turnovers.
0: Yeah, if he does that, that's how they, that's how they lose this game is turnovers. Monday night, uh, Browns, Ravens, man, the Ravens are a weird team to watch anymore. I mean, it's just I didn't, I didn't think they would be as good as they were a year ago going into this season, but I also thought they'd be a lot better than what they showed. now. Hey, good, good job. You beat up on the Cowboys this week. That's awesome. Pat yourself on the back. But as far as beating teams that matter postseason teams like the Cleveland Browns, I I like Cleveland in this game uh, because they are running the football. They've got the two-headed monster and defensively, they're healthy. Miles Garrett back. Uh, You mentioned Stefanski as, you know, rookie coach of the year. I would agree because I, I think and if I'm a Browns fan, I'm even more frustrated with Freddie Kitchens because of how much pressure that they put on Baker Mayfield. The thing I love about Stefanski is he's saying, Baker, you don't need to win us games. We've got a good offensive line. We've got a good rushing attack. You just do the things that we need you to do when we need you to do that. Be unpredictable. Uh, as you, as you pointed out, throwing on first down every now and then, but also leaning on the, the ground attack. I just feel like they've put Baker in such a better position this year. And, Folks, they're doing this without Odell Beckham Jr. as well. So I just like where the Browns are. And I, I just, I think there's an identity crisis with the Baltimore Ravens right now. So I just, I cannot see, um, I can't see, I can't see the Ravens winning this game. I really can't. Um, so this,
1: this is like a, a, a pivotal moment, I think for Cleveland and I don't know which way it goes, right? I mean, let's never forget, they lost 38 to six to the Ravens to start the season, mm-hmm. Um Cleveland, they beat the Colts and they beat the Titans. They beat two teams with winning records and they both got them on, on matchup on spots. Right. Um, they lost to the Ravens and Steelers big, each of them. And yep. they, lost to the Ra- they lost to the Raiders at home in the weather. So this will be a, in my mind, this is the game that either Cleveland is for real there or they are. It's a validation but game. Yep. It really is. And I think it's going to be an awesome game. These, these are very similar teams Um the difference in this game, to my mind, is going to be whether or not Baltimore could finally get some pass rush, right? They, they really have not been able to rush the passer. They, they do some exotic-type blitzes, which I think you might see because Mayfield's not this a guy who deals with that well. Um, yeah. Low-scoring game. I would bet the under on this. It's 46-and-a-half now. I totally bet the under because but Baltimore, all they're going to do is run the ball. That's all they can do, right? Mm-hmm. So this game will go fast, right? Both these teams run the ball, and the clock will just keep ticking with that with very little time to score points. I don't have an inkling either way. I mean, it's gonna be a really good game. I mean, this is gonna be a great Monday night football game, I think. And Cleveland, let's see if whether or not they can win a, an important game. This if they don't, then write them off because then they're not there. They, yeah. all year long we're talking about how good Cleveland can be, but they've already got killed by the Ravens and Steelers earlier this year. So yeah. this is the game for them to either step up or not. It, it's just time.
0: As of now, no Tuesday night game. Uh, again, the, the news today is uh, the Chicago Bears have closed their facility with a fourth positive test. They're scheduled to play the Texans, so we'll see what that leads to. If that would lead to possibly a uh, delay in that game to maybe a second Monday night game or a Tuesday game, we'll find out. So I feel like every time we, we see one of these tests, uh, come back or one of these teams have, you know, just a couple. And, and with the bears it sound like three of practice squad players, a head tested positive. So not sure if it's a fourth practice squad or what keep an eye on that one. But as of now, the schedule is normal. We got football tonight. We've got a full slate of games on Sunday to Sunday night, and then one game on Monday, but that could change here in COVID as we know. Yeah. We're getting a little
1: spoiled with football almost every night. of the I know. Week. I don't know if I like it or not. I just find myself watching more football. Um, if it's a good game, I mean, throwing the bears on Tuesday night. It's like, it's <laughs>
0: I don't, good, I, I been... don't, I don't want no more. If, if they do it, do it during the day, give them the Steelers no. treatment where they have matinee football. So everybody's working and cannot see the embarrassment that Deshaun Watson will just run all over the Chicago bears. Because yeah, Although actually, experience. no, I take that back, put them on prime time, because if they're gonna get embarrassed again, I need, I need these things to happen. So ownership has to make drastic changes.
1: Well, it's, you know what? The chiefs were like that for a long time too, right? They couldn't get a quarterback. They couldn't draft a quarterback. And I now, now look at them. Um, So maybe they're the next version of
0: the Chiefs. Oh gosh, you're too nice, right? (laughs) Well, enjoy the football tonight. Enjoy Week 14, and we will see where it takes us uh, next week as we get even closer to the final stretch of this regular season. It's been crazy. We're getting there. That's the the most important thing right now, Chris. Is we're actually getting there. We can see the finish line. Uh, It's been a struggle at times, but uh, they're they're powering through it, and that's all we can hope for.
1: The NFL will finish this thing out. I promise you. I agree. Have Bye, a good man. one man. We'll see you next time. Good luck to you.